How are music therapists changing the lives of people in Canada? What is the latest research and trends? You are tuned into the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast, and we will explore these questions with our guests today. Let's get started. Welcome to the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adrian and Kathy. On today's show, we are speaking with Candice Hamilton-Miller, a registered psychotherapist and founder of CHM Therapy Services. As an allied service professional working alongside music therapists, Candice shares her perspective on the role of music therapists play with her clients and the impact of the sessions. Candice also discusses the stage at which she would refer a client to a music therapist and her view of the future of the mental health care in Canada. And here's a little more about Candice. Candace has degrees in psychology and English from the University of Cape Town and York University. She holds a master's degree in family relations and human development from the University of Guelph. She's a registered psychotherapist and supervisor with the College of Registered Psychotherapists of Ontario, and she's a certified CogMed coach. And Candace works with clients of all ages and stages. Welcome to the podcast, Candice. We're excited to have you join us today from Milton, Ontario. Thank you. And so I think that you are actually our first non-music therapist guest on this program. Oh, that's exciting. So yeah, we're coming up on two years, so it's amazing. So we're really looking at this year in 2023, interviewing a lot of people that work alongside music therapists. So that's why we're just thrilled to have you and ask you some questions. Great. Thank you. I love that I get to be the first. <laughs> Leading the charge. Um, so when did you first learn about music therapy as a profession? And do you recall what your thoughts were about music therapy at that time? I moved to Canada in 2000. Um, and I went to work for the autism uh, program that was just starting up the ABA program. And uh, we had we had a music therapist on the team. And so when I first heard about music therapy, my my brain loves everything psychology related. So I was like, oh, God, explore this more. And my first thoughts were, this is awesome. Like, I need to know more about this. Um, I love music. I Music is so integrated into my world, but I am not, like, I don't play any instruments. I sing, but I don't, you know. And so my, like, that's cool. But I couldn't do that because because mm. I don't play. Uh, that's that's not me. So that was the first sort of piece. Um, yeah, and I think the that was also my first lesson that um, the quality of the therapist really impacts the quality of the therapy. But mm -hmm. uh, I really did, I really did love the concept of it and you know everything I read about it. So it was really interesting to see and to 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 hear about it. Right. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, really cool. And so can you share with us more about your current work with music therapists in your practice? Yeah. So we have, um, I have a, a small-ish practice in Milton and uh, most of the team are psychotherapists. Um, and we have a child life therapist and a couple of other sort of specialties in there. And then some of the team, the, the psychotherapists that we have are music therapists and we have music therapy interns as well. A lot of them will be doing more psychotherapy than music therapy, but I think mm. that there is such an overlap or there's sort of this music psychotherapy overlap that uh, just works so well. 
it just adds a different level, right? Like it it, mm-hmm. it broadens that space of the work that we can do because there's definitely a lot of clients who who struggle, especially in the beginning with talk therapy, because sometimes mm-hmm. talk therapy can be like really hard to just lay it all out. And I think music therapy allows you a space to get started, not as intrusively, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So um, yeah, so I... I supervise um, the psychotherapy piece of some of the work that the interns do. And it, it's really interesting to watch them moving from this space of um, music therapy. And then, and then they have this idea that there's this shift, like I'm doing music therapy or I'm doing psychotherapy. And it's not at all that. It's fun to watch them learn that the two blend and they're all part of the same big picture. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I think that's fascinating, you know, using those two skill sets, like you're saying, combining them and using them at different times instead of the compartmentalization mm-hmm. of the services, you know, really that overlap. And at times when talk therapy might be too much, really bringing in the musicality uh, or music into the sessions and engaging and connecting with people in that way. So that's yeah. great that you continue to have new interns and uh, new music therapists come into your practice. Yeah, and I think at the moment we have three. Uh, well, we have three. We have three in total within the practice, and there's eight of us. So mm. it's a good. It's it's actually I didn't realize until I said that how much of our <laughs> team are actually music therapists. So there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, so, what benefits do you see for your clients when they work with a music therapist? I think music gives them a way to get in touch with stuff that is is hard to access. Mm. Talking about feelings, no matter who you are, it's hard. It makes you really vulnerable. And music really allows them to, to access that in a different way. I, I mean, I am not a music therapist, and yet I'm use, I use music a lot in, within the work that I do. Mm. Um, there's lots of little activities. And uh, there's a quote, actually, I have it hanging on on the wall in my children's playroom, and it says, um, music is the sound of feelings. And and I think that's so true. You know, mm. it's the space where sometimes you just need to feel a feeling and not talk about it and mm. just let it flow. Um, and so I think music music gives that option, right? Um, the music therapist is much more skilled than I am in bringing in that aspect and i i love the fact that i have music therapists on the team because there will often be times where i'll be like okay this is what i need i can't get there can you give me a suggestion you know Mm. and and i think the interns love that too because they're like oh i get to teach you something you know um (laughs) but it's recognizing that it's just it's just a different way and Mm -hmm. you know even within psychotherapy we have so many different um modalities and and I am what I I like to call myself an intentionally eclectic therapist Mm -hmm. so I love having a hundred different modalities that I can intentionally pick and choose from knowing what each piece is going to bring to the bigger picture Mm -hmm. Um, and music therapy is is yet another one of those tools because there are definitely spaces where I will look at a client and I'll be like we're not going to get here Mm. or we are but it's going to take us a long time so how about we try this or how about you work with this person you know Mm -hmm. Um, and especially with 
some of the younger uh, clients, uh, the kids, and and we have a lot of neurodivergent clients. Mm-hmm. Um, music therapy really talks to them, um, mm-hmm. and or music, I should say, talks to them. So being able to work with someone who is skilled in that area is really good. And I will say the one thing that's really interesting is I get a lot of clients who, when I suggest it, the first thing they say is, but I'm not musical. Mm. And so there is this sort of assumption <laughs> that you have to be musical to do music therapy. And uh, their face when they realize that that's not the case is just so priceless to me. I actually enjoy that conversation, I think, the most. <laughs> I really appreciate that you can have those conversations from the viewpoint that you're that you bring so you can help um, someone to understand that. And I think you've highlighted something that comes up a lot, you know, that Mm -hmm. misconception that music therapy is about an individual's music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Music is a part of it, of everything, of course, but it isn't about the talent, so to speak, or the expertise that one brings. So, yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate you highlighting that. And so I have a question for you that you've touched upon already, but I think I'll ask it. When would you refer a client to a music therapist to support their mental health? I think if I'm if I'm really honest, I would say I don't always necessarily look at this person needs a music therapist as much as I look at this person needs that therapist. So within my, my practice, I really match the therapist to the person. But I recognize that the music therapist's um, they have they have this this piece to them. So I don't know if it's sort of the subconscious thing that I'm doing. Um, there are a few cases where it's very much a case where I'm saying, okay, this needs to happen with the music therapist. Um, I think definitely there's some cases where I will talk to a client and what they're looking at or what they're looking for when they talk to me about what's going on. There's usually a lot of that sort of, I don't know, or there's sort of confusion or there's sort of like this thing, but they can't quite get to it. And and those are the ones that I would typically send to music therapy um, because, it, as I said, I feel it's a space where sometimes you can get into the weeds without knowing what the weeds are yet. So it's those kind of situations, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like a space of discovery or, as you were saying mm-hmm. earlier, where we haven't got the words and that's something we talk about yeah. a lot as music therapists, you know, where there aren't words to ex- to express a feeling or yes. it's not yet knowing space. And- yeah, and I think definitely with clients where there's um, where there's a lot of where there's a lot of grief, um, I think that's one that is particularly suited to music therapy. Um, those those spaces where there's trauma too, where you just you need to feel something. Um, and I think that may also be limited a little bit by my true understanding of music therapy. So I recognize that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, it's, it's, it's an individual case-by-case thing. So there isn't a space where I can say, oh, this person I would. I can definitely say there's a, there are some people where I would say, no, I don't. You know, and I can almost do it more the other way than I do it that way. So um, those clients who are very kind of um, cerebral and rigid, and won't be open to music. Um, and I can tell that, you know, there is, so I do play therapy. I think there is a space where with any of the more creative therapies, um, people will, will have this kind of gut reaction of like, oh, that's hooey. Right. And so 
So, so people like that, I recognize they need much more structured, scripted mm-hmm. talk because we want to talk, you know. And I, and I think um, I don't. I think music therapy could help them, but I think it's more me recognizing that that client won't engage. Yeah. And so I'm not going to go that route. Yeah. Well, and I would say in a private practice setting with someone reaching out to access services or support for quite a specific problem. Mm -hmm. um then yeah like you have to really um assess carefully and because as you're saying that i'm thinking it's interesting when i meet people in a different setting um Mm -hmm. like like working in hospice or working in very specifically in grief support right i will meet people who are maybe have a similar idea especially you know i love you know the word hokey hooey <laughs> um, <laughs> that response and but sometimes when someone comes um and experiences music without um a specific expectation that's where we mm-hmm. sometimes get between the cracks you know yeah absolutely so, yeah so i think it really is um specific to the setting as well that we're working in and and in yeah. this in this setting um yeah you have to really listen to what people are coming and and what kind of support they're seeking and then yeah find the way in different ways um i'd love to ask you a little bit about you how just curious about how you use music in your own life for yourself i think you know it's funny to ask that how do i use music i I would say i don't consciously use music music just is Mm -hmm. um (laughs) I always think of that, um, you know that Saturday movie, Saturday Night Fever, John Travolta walking down the street. Da, da, da. So I, I like, that's me. I live my life with a soundtrack 24 <laughs> seven. There's music in my head. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, I walk down the street and depending on the day I'm having all that different soundtracks are playing, but how I would say if I'm using it, I, I use music, as I say, when I need to feel right. So when I am frustrated, I have my, have my angry songs that I belt out in the car and I can scream and yell and shout um, when I need to. And I have my sob sob play. It's literally called the sob sob playlist on my phone that allows me when I need to, like, I know I need to just feel and, and emote and I'm too busy or I'm too um, single mom, two kids have to be in control all the time. Yeah. So there's times when I just cannot right? I have to have everything together. So I will go and listen to my playlist for 20 minutes and then put my big girl panties on and get back to work, you know? So we, we use, um, I use music in, in my life. Just, it just is, it's always around. I use it to get my kids up in the morning. We wake up to crazy frog because it gets everybody energized. Um, you know, and both of my kids, uh, play, my daughter sings and plays guitar and ukulele and electric guitar and my son is doing piano um, and uh, and sings as well. So it's just, it's such a part of our world. And I, I love exposing them to different things. Um, and I think music is something that really just allows a release and it allows your brain to be creative in a different way, whether you're good at it or not. You know, um, when my, when my kids were little, I, I sing all the time. I've always been someone, there's always music and song and, I sing to them still to this day. Um, we recorded, I recorded an album uh, for them of their favorite song. It's just there. It's just, it's such an integral part of life. And I, 
I think I don't understand people who don't do that sometimes. I struggle with that, you know. Um, I will say to people, so what's your soundtrack? And they're like, my what now? And I'm like, you mean you don't have music constantly running in your head? Just me then. So, you know, I think it's interesting. And, and that space of saying, when the first question, when did you first learn about it? And for me even, realizing that I don't think of myself as musical, and yet I sang in the choir my entire life. And, you know, but I don't, because I don't play an instrument. So when I grew up, if you didn't play an instrument, you weren't musical. Mm. But that you was what recorded it was. an album for your kids singing. I, I know. It's and you know, so how, you, you know how much that took to step into that and do it. It took, in the same way that I don't consider myself artistic, and yet I have the world's biggest craft cupboard and I create things all the time. But I, I see myself as sciencey, which is so funny because there is this space where we, we look at it and we say you have to be one or the other, or we assume that they're separate. You know, even that picture of the brain, mm -hmm. uh, the thinking brain and the creative brain, it's like, oh, which side are you? I'm not. I'm bang in the middle. And yeah. uh, it's being allowed to explore it, I think, that allows you to realize it doesn't have to be a certain way. I really appreciate you sharing all of this, Candace. And I also think um, I love where you started, you know, with the Saturday Night Live or Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. Soundtracking yeah. your head. Some <laughs> days it's Saturday Night Live. I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, talking about all the different playlists and soundtracks and moods and uses and applications. And I don't know about Crazy Frog, so I have to find out about that. Um, and then we moved into, you know, um, how your children are making music and learning music and then into, oh, and I recorded an album, and, which is so fabulous, I, which is why part of why I wanted to ask you this question, because I know that music is such a huge part of your personal life and a way for you to connect and communicate with your kids. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also a beautiful example for people to hear especially for someone who maybe doesn't necessarily consider themselves to be musical, but you are yeah. obviously such a musical being. Yeah, thank you. So I'm gonna ask you something that maybe accesses the science side again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are around the future of mental health care here in Canada. And then where do you see the roles of music therapists fitting in? Mm -hmm. You know, I think what we are seeing within Canada is uh, we're in crisis. Mm -hmm. the, the mental health system is, we think the healthcare system is bad. The mental health system is 10 times worse. We are in a crisis and we will be, you know, my, my prediction is that it's going to be at least another 10 years post-COVID. And we're not really post-COVID yet. So, you know, I, I would say we've got another 10 years of, of real kind of mental health crisis and impact. Um, you know, it's interesting. I had a discussion with someone the other day about this. And I don't know if the pandemic caused a whole lot of mental health stuff. And people will argue that with me. But what I would say is it didn't cause it. It highlighted it. And it forced us to stop and realize just how... Um, important our mental health is, how much we just ignore it, um, and and how much it actually is in, like critical that we look after it. And I think mental health care has to change. There, there is not enough. 
there is not enough care out there. Um, there are not enough options. There is not enough variety. Considering how many millions of ways there are to help people who are struggling with mental health, and yet, and yet we have so little and such long wait lists. You know, um, mental health is not treated as part of health care in Canada, and that's a problem. Um, I think for everybody. You know, there is there is this constant for everybody in the profession. There is this constant battle for recognition, um, which shouldn't be a thing. I think there is stigma around getting help, which I see changing. Oh, in such a way. I mean, I think a lot of what we see with the younger generation now, people are like everybody's depressed and anxious. There's so much, you know, mental health stuff. And part of me is like, well, it's because we're kind of allowing people to talk about it, which is beautiful, but that brings its own challenges right? The school systems are not equipped to deal with it. They're trying. Everyone's trying their best, but there just is not enough infrastructure. And um, I think that needs to change. Uh, I think health, mental health care in particular is incredibly expensive because it's one of the few that are not covered. Um, so that, that needs to be addressed, but I don't see it being addressed anytime soon. Um, in terms of the role of music therapists, I, I think there is music therapy uh, supports mental health in ways that regular talk therapy can't. So therefore, you know, there is a huge role because there are populations that cannot access uh, traditional talk therapy or even cannot access medication or, you know, whatever. There's so many barriers. And music therapy allows for more opportunity to help in different ways, right? So for example, uh, music therapy groups can help much bigger groups of people um, and in some ways is more, I, I'm going to say efficient, if that makes sense, um, within the system. Recognizing that it is not the only, I think we all need to recognize that. that there, there is never an only and there is never the solution for all. It's, it has to be individualized. So I think music therapists are such a big piece of the solution. We need to recognize it. We need to uh, bring it in and make use of it. It's like, it's like sitting with a tool in your toolbox and being like, hmm, eh, I don't know what that one does. I'm just going to leave it there. Like, why would we do that? You know? And, and I say that, I think, in reference to all mental health supports, in Canada, you know, the government, I wish they would notice how many different things there are available instead of just being like, well, we just need CBT, like buy a book, <laughs> go and buy a book, you know, um, that's not going to do it for more people than it will do it for. So the sooner the government um, and the healthcare system can recognize the benefit of that, I think in long-term care in hospice, they recognize the benefit of music therapy perhaps a bit more. Um, but I think in a lot of settings, it's still seen as almost recreational, which is just so heartbreaking. And I think the more we can build that awareness around music therapy, around art therapy, around play therapy, around all of it, and the government recognition, and the, that'll change the stigma That'll change the conversation and that'll change the trajectory that we're on. Because what where we're going now is not looking good. You know, um, we talk about doctors being overwhelmed. 
all mental health care workers are overwhelmed and burnt out. You know, and we have to keep going because there isn't a lot of options, right? And so for mental health workers, I would say the more we band together and recognize that there is a role for everybody in this and we're needed, we need everybody in order to fix this, um, I think then maybe we'll stand a chance. This is a really important call for action. And yeah. also I appreciate the hopeful, hopeful vision that maybe in 10 years we could be somewhere different than where we are right now. Um, thanks so much, Candice, for, for being with us for today and for sharing your expertise. And um, we're really grateful to have your voice represented. Thank you for joining us on the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast. To learn more about resources from the show, please visit beyondthestudio.ca. Thanks for listening.